Hello everyone, welcome back to Just One More Opinion. I'm your host, Charlie, and we are in for a treat. Today is the day, Thor Ragnarok. A refreshing take on the Thor franchise by innovative director Taika Waititi. This one is gonna be a lot of fun, so let's dive right in. Okay, I'll stop now. Um, it was fall of 2017, and I had already started university. For those of you who don't know this about me, uh, I was born and raised in Portugal, and after high school I decided to go to London alone to attend university, making that the first time I'd be living without my parents in a country mostly unknown to me and with almost no people that I knew uh, around to help me navigate that strange new world. It was a very challenging adventure, but also rewarding, of course, and in October the 28th, if I'm not mistaken, I took my first flight back home to visit friends and family, and I used that opportunity to have my traditional Marvel movie cinema visit, so it was, yeah, it was me and my family and a bunch of friends and we went and watched Thor Ragnarok and what great fun we had. Um, this movie proved to be so much different from the first two movies and quite funny. So now that, I, now that I'm done situating you guys in regards to where I was in life, let's look at the movie. Uh, yeah, this, let's just look at the movie, I just wanted to say that. And the thing I have to mention first is the tone for this movie. While Kenneth Branagh played with Shakespearean grandeur in the first movie and Alan Taylor did uh, something else for The Dark World, Taika Waititi was able to reinvent not only the franchise of Thor but also the character of Thor. Chris Emsworth was able to experiment with his portrayal of the God of Thunder and develop his comedic acting skills. And he did great, he had great timing. He's naturally humorous, um, Chris, uh, and it allowed him, it, it allowed his Thor to be, I don't know, less boring and, yeah, just more interesting because it paved the way for, um, an exploration of his vulnerability and sense of purpose. Because having this funnier Thor deal with conflict and psychological trauma, as we will see in Infinity War, is much more compelling than watching an already serious god go through those same emotions. And yeah, that's just my opinion. I think that Hemsworth is a very versatile actor, and with this rebirth, of the character, he was able to try something new and feel more comfortable in the role, I'd argue. But Hemsworth is not the only one we need to thank for this inventive interpretation of the character. No, 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 sir. Like I said, Taika Waititi played a huge part at changing the overall atmosphere inside this franchise. Uh, the soundtrack oh, was awesome and stimulating. The fighting choreographies were unbelievably good 
and fun to watch, especially the um, the first and final battles, and as well as one in the middle, which I'll discuss in a bit. And his sense of humor, oh my god, it's so original, so so Taika. I could number every, I could count every hilarious scene in the movie, but that would take me ages. So I'll just mention my favorite sequences. The the Thor the Dark World play at the beginning that Odin puts on with Matt Damon playing Loki and Luke Hemsworth, Chris's brother, playing Thor. Just <laughs> so funny. Um, the lines, I've been following for 30 minutes and he's a friend from work, are particularly clever and amusing. And Taika himself. As an acting job too, he plays the Cronin warrior Korg, an alien creature made out of perishable rocks, uh, and with a unique sense of humor as well. But many, many other moments were funny as hell. I couldn't and shouldn't try to count them all, uh, but I believe this to be the funniest MCU movie so far, in my opinion, of course. Moving on, let's talk characters. As for new introductions, we have Tessa Thompson playing Valkyrie. Her real name is actually Brunhild. Valkyrie is just her warrior title, but I guess that was easier to say. She plays a very kind of cold, but capable Asgardian warrior. Well, former Asgardian warrior, who now spends her days drinking and making money from selling contenders to the Grand Master's Contest of Champions. And the Grand Master is played by the wonderful, charismatic and hysterical Jeff Goldblum. This character is so funny, I couldn't, take, I couldn't really take him seriously because uh, he made me laugh simply with his facial expressions and the way he talked, which is so good. And, and go, yeah, like I said, Goldblum's character is, is in charge of the Contest of Champions, an arena-type event in the planet of Sakaar, in which Thor is forced to battle, I'll get into how he got there in a second, and his opponent is none other than the Incredible Hulk. <coughs> mm, mm. Last scene in Avengers Age of Ultron, and now he is loved by the audience of Sakaar, as he is the champion of the contest. Um, in contrast to how people on Earth feel about the Hulk. And some of the great things they did with the character was, were for example, developing his vocabulary in a way that it made sense. Banner hasn't been Banner since the battle in Sokovia, so the Hulk has been out for two years. Of course he would be talking more, saying things other than smash and rah! so it made sense and also made him kind of funnier as well his design is in my opinion the best the character had so far i just like how he looks just fresh and powerful but please marvel please no more hulk buttocks i've seen plenty thor has seen plenty please and in the scene <laughs> Where Thor and Hulk go back to the Quinjet, uh, in, which, in which the Green Goliath had escaped in Age of Ultron, we have that awesome transformation back into Banner, which was so gruesome in a way. 
insane, really. The animation was top notch, and it made up, and it made that switch stand out as Banner and Hulk were really fighting against each other or themselves, if you prefer, which I thought was a great visual representation of how complicated their relationship is. Uh, so after that, we get a bit of Mark Ruffalo's Banner for a while, who had to play comedic guy too. He did an okay job, I guess. I don't know if comedy is really his style or his strong, strong suit. But he did make me laugh in Endgame, though. <laughs> I give you that. Um, by the way, Banner says that if he turns into the Hulk again, he might not reverse back into himself. But that's not really a problem in Infinity War. Um, I don't know if that's if it's because of how he changes back, maybe. And it and Endgame addresses how the Banner Hulk dynamic was resolved, but doesn't reference that point uh, per se. So. Yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. Um, I don't know. We also have the character of Scourge, the executioner introduced, played by Carl Urban, who some of you might know from The Boys TV show, one of my favorite series. And here he has a rather small role as this redeemable doofus, a servant to the big bad who chooses to do good in the end and dies a hero. But um, before I talk about the main villain, though, Let's talk about an actual big bad, Surtur, ruler of Muspelheim, the one prophesied to initiate Ragnarok upon Asgard. Does he do it? Does he? I don't know. Let's let's wait and see. But yeah, the main antagonist is Hela, goddess of death, played by the great Kate Blanchett, and she's just so OP. God damn, she's so OP. I mean, she destroys Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, like it's made out of glass. And she's able to create weapons out of her body without getting tired or weak. I mean, yeah, she does sound a little too OP, if you ask me. Um, and plot twist! She is Odin's firstborn and Thor's big sister. Odin had imprisoned her a long time ago when she became too reckless and power-hungry to to an extent that seemed too dangerous to for her father, so she was cast out, and as long as the All-Father lived, Asgard would be safe, safe from Hela. But sadly, in the first act, something tragic happens when Thor returns to Asgard and realizes his brother Loki is alive and disguised as Odin, both travel to Earth to get the real Odin back. But they couldn't do it alone, they couldn't find him alone. They actually had the help of the MCU's most recent new hero, Doctor Strange, who points the brothers in the right direction. Odin was in Norway, uh, Tonsberg, contemplating the beautiful skies, waiting for Thor and Loki to show up. Upon their arrival, Odin tells them about Hela and apologizes for failing them. The three watch the peaceful horizon and the All-Father fades away, thus allowing Hela's return. Like I said, she completely shatters Mjolnir and then follows Loki and Thor through the Bifrost and inside the Asgardian bridge they have a fight in which Hela overpowers both gods and they are thrown out of the gateway and land on the planet of Sakaar just a few 
weeks apart because time works differently in that planet. Hela, now on Asgard, more powerful than ever, terminates the lives of the Warriors 3, Volstagg, Fandral, and Hogan, like they were nothing, and obliterates the Asgardian warriors that were protecting their kingdom. Again, so easily, again! Two OP! So now, we have Hela on Asgard, planning her conquest of the Nine Realms, and Loki and Thor on Sakaar, trying to escape. However, both parties run into some obstacles. Hela does assemble a walking dead army with the Asgardian soldiers that had died centuries before, as well as her giant wolf companion Fenris, but she needs the Bifrost Sword in order to travel to the Nine Realms and conquer all. The sword was taken by Heimdall, who has a very cool new look and is helping uh, the innocent people of Asgard find safety and shelter. Meanwhile, on Sakaar, Thor becomes a contender in the contest of champions, like I said, and he needs to fight the Grandmaster's champion, who is the Hulk. I think this is my favorite scene. It's just so freaking awesome to watch, uh, and it feels like a comic book event. Well, it was, but yeah. And the Thor also has a new look and hairstyle, very fresh, and maybe it's because of the comedy injected into the franchise. Um, that this, this action scene was so different because there were lots of laugh out loud moments um, and this one my favorite being <laughs> when Thor is trying to make the Hulk turn back into Banner by using Natasha's lullaby it's just his stupid face <laughs> uh, and then Hulk uses the ragdoll beating move he used on Loki in the first Avengers movie just a great callback Greatly appreciated by me, the fans, and even Loki himself. <laughs> this was just a fantastic scene full of adrenaline and excitement. And I really adored just seeing Thor and Hulk, the strongest Avengers, brawl it out again. Really cool. But fast forward to the beginning of the third act. Thor is almost ready to escape Sakaar with Banner, Valkyrie and Loki but not before having an intimate conversation with the latter about their diverging paths. And it just breaks my heart that that was probably the last brotherly chat that Thor and Loki had. When Thor tell, tells Loki that he thought the world of him, but that he, the, the god of mischief that seriously disappointed his brother, you just you can see how reflective Loki gets. Such a sad and personal scene. One of my favorite moments as well. Um, but, but, but yeah, finally, Thor reaches Asgard to stop Hela. But like I said, she's just too powerful for Thor, who now doesn't have his trusty hammer by his side. And Hela is, is even able to relieve Thor of his right eye. Very poetic that Thor was literally becoming Odin. He was already much wiser than he was at the start of the first Thor movie. But now, even an eye patch is going to be required for him to rule Asgard. But how, how, I say, did he overpower the goddess of death? Well, Thor sees Odin in a sort of dream sequence. His father gives him some invaluable advice about his, the power he has. The source of his power is not, it wasn't inside Mjolnir, it never was. 
And even, th even though Thor doesn't think so, Odin reassures him that he is stronger than his old man. So, after hearing his father's afterlife counsel, Thor brings down on Hela the biggest lightning strike we had ever seen, and he smashes through the undead army like they were nothing. Accompanied by Lad Zeppelin's immigrant song. So iconic, so badass. And this moment when when Thor discovers his new powers, just honestly, it made me love his character even more. I don't know why, but I was much more interested in his MCU journey now. Maybe it's because the movie, this movie, tapped into Thor's struggle with identity and with his purpose. Two ideas that come back in Endgame, and I think it made this actual god more human. And for that reason, this iteration of the Mighty Avenger became one of my favorite aspects of the MCU. But even, even with his newfound powers, Hela was still too strong. The only thing that would end her would be the end itself. Ragnarok! In a bold move, Thor tells Loki to put Surtur's crown in the eternal flame, thus unleashing his full potential on Asgard. And Surtur just burns down the, that realm, uh, destroying it and the source of Hela's power as well. So, now what about Asgard? Well, Thor realized that Asgard was not a place, it was a people. Another great lesson about the definition of home. Very cute as well. And and yeah, that is it. Everyone is safe inside a spaceship. Thor, Loki, Ulk, Valkyrie, Heimdall, Korg, all of Asgard, and some loyal Sakaar warriors. And nothing could go, could go wrong, right? Hmm? Until that mid-credits scene. Oh my god, that haunting tease, that massive ship, I totally freaked out, guys, but Saturday is the day, Whew. so, mm. I'll talk about, I'll talk about, I'll talk about that on Saturday, guys, yeah, 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 anyway, <laughs> that was Thor Ragnarok. Very funny, lots of fun, but not without some mistakes, because I do have some slight problems with it. First of all, even though I love the, the comedy of it, at times it was too much, and sometimes it even, it even fell flat. Of course I prefer this tone over the Dark World's tone, but there were moments where a joke was unnecessary, or a character behaved in a way that wasn't consistent with um, the given circumstances of the scene. There were also some contrivances, like Valkyrie being the one to find Thor when he arrives at Sakaar, and she is a vital part of the story, and she is a consequence, a consequence of Hela's past atrocities. Too much quinky dink there, you know? Um, killing off the Warriors 3 the way that they did was... Oh, it was a bad move. I know, I, I don't know. It was... It was really distasteful. It showed Hela's power, yes, but it also was also very impolite to the three characters who played a, a, a huge role in in the first Thor. And I don't know, they were important Thor characters that were just killed off like that. 
and and even Hela's motives are kind of weak. She only wants to be the malevolent conqueror she once was. There's nothing else there really, just pure evil, which can be annoying as you do know. I like my villains with some juicy, meaningful backstory. Come on. But anyway, Thor Ragnarok is a very enjoyable movie experience overall. A 9 out, a nine out of 10 as an MCU movie, in my opinion. And an 8 as an action-adventure spectacle. Taika Waititi just did wonders with a franchise. And I cannot wait to see what he does for Thor Love and Thunder, which comes out mid-2022. And that was it, guys. We have reached the end of the episode. I hope I wasn't too fast while I was talking, um, because I'm actually in a hurry. I need to pick up my brother. Um, but yeah, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry about that. Uh, I hope you had as much fun as I did. Tomorrow will be another great movie experience for me as I revisit the phenomenal Black Panther movie. So until then, stay safe and remember, I'm